welcome to Supposedly. I'm Rue. I'm Jessie, and today we're going to tell you about some creepy and fun things. We sure are. But first, so we're recording this the night before your birthday. Happy birthday. I know we talked about it Thank last week. Thank you. But... Thank you very much. Uh, Actually, while we're on the topic of my birthday, a package arrived for me from you. I was thinking it might have. And I was going to see if you wanted me to open it on the cast. I would love I almost thought you were going to say open it on the cat. And I was like, well, I assume that was going to happen regardless I of mean, my input. You're not wrong because it's in my lap and I really don't <laughs> see any other way to go about this. All right, so I've got scissors. Okay. I got a box. I got a cat in the lap. My God, what did they use to seal this shut? I just used packing tape, so if they did something else to it, that's their problem. Okay, it's open! Yay! Almost. It's kind of stuck, actually. Okay. Cat's getting mad. Okay! Oh, happy birthday to me! Wow! Happy birthday to you! What is in here? Oh, there's a loose piece of chocolate that's just sitting up top here. Is it unwrapped? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Is it? Can I Can I still eat it? I, I mean, send me a picture of it because there wasn't an unwrapped piece of chocolate when I sent it, it to it you. It looks like a chocolate ball that's just broken or was it a chocolate bunny? I don't know. Here, send me a picture. <laughs> sending you a picture, but okay. as we've talked about face snacks, like... <laughs> You're here for it. This could be bad to eat, but I'm also like, I'll eat it. <laughs> oh no, that's a, a Kinder Surprise egg that did not survive. Well, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Uh, so you should be fine to eat it. It was totally wrapped and safe when it left my house. Okay. Um, but apparently died in transit. I thought I wrapped them sufficiently, but apparently I did not. Well. But yeah, you're fine. I can eat it that. won't kill you. Okay. It's chocolate. Yeah. Okay, let's see what I got. I got some Milka bars. Are these from Germany? Yeah, I thought I would give you some German snacks since we always talk about how much you love snacks. And since I live in Germany, I thought it'd be fun to get you some cool German treats. I'm so excited. So this one is a chocolate bar that has like almost like M&Ms inside of it. And then there's uh-huh. one that looks like it's been aerated, which. Yeah, it's like a bubbly. I, I don't know if I should have opened this now that there are snacks involved because you and I have a very, you, you're you very anti-Jesse snacking on podcast and I'm very pro-Jesse snacking on podcast. If you want to edit this episode, you can snack all you want. Oh, I got a card. Oh, Nessie with the J and the E scratched, or the N and the E scratched out. My favorite cryptid. Yeah, I, I got confused. At first, oh. I thought it was to Nessie because you guys look so similar. And then I was oh. like, oh, wait, no, this is for Jesse. My bad. <laughs> You're both beautiful, elegant sea creatures. I will take it. I am a beautiful, elegant sea creature. I love the rose on the back. <laughs> I have seen the future. It's a picture of a cat wearing a, uh, uh, what do you call that? Virtual reality goggles. Yeah. You get even more amazing. Happy birthday. Cheers to another year of being amazing. Creating incredible stuff, eating snacks, and snuggling kitties. I wish we could celebrate together. Rue and the taker of sheep and clay. Oh, Darnell. Thank you, Darnell and Rue. Okay. Oh, there's my Kinder Surprise that's popped out of the candy. There you go. <laughs> it's not a very good surprise, but there it's it is. It's loose. I can see what's in the Kinder Egg. Oh, I got... Oh, my God. There's a car in here. Not like a real one, but like a Hot oh, Wheels oh. one. It was like a Tesla. Elon, what are you doing? Oh, you snap it together. Oh, and it's green. I love it. Very nice. Thank you for my Kinder Egg car. 
Let's see what else. You're welcome. You should have a couple other Kinder Eggs. Hopefully they survived and you can have the full experience since they're illegal and a choking hazard in the States. Uh, Okay. Oh, I got some strudel waffles. What are these? They are like these little flat, waffly doodads. They're crispy, but they have a layer of caramel in the middle. Oh, I found another unwrapped Kinder Egg. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I've learned I have to, like, really stuff the whole box if I'm going to send Kinder Egg. Like, I gotta send you a picture of this. Like, the little eggs are just desecrated. (laughs) (laughs) I worried a little bit about sending those. I was like, these might not live, but I didn't know they would not live that extremely. I know they're illegal, but it's like the box sought to destroy them. I guess. Okay, so there's some some more chocolate eggs that have been smashed. <laughs> Let's see what's in this one, because the surprise tube is out again. Sent you a picture. Oh, no. What I get this time? I got a... Oh, it's like a cat superhero. Oh, that's like right up your alley. Oh, right? It's right up my alley cat. Oh, God, these are so sad. <laughs> I just saw the picture you sent me. It's so us, though. <laughs> It really is. Like, I almost wish I could take the credit that I was like, I smashed it on purpose because it felt on brand. <laughs> it, it is very on brand for us. <laughs> yep. Oh, I think it's Black Panther. Oh, right on. Possibly. You were like a little cat person action figure. <laughs> I've been trying to move the chocolates to the side. <laughs> oh my god! You got me gummy UFOs from Germany? So, I saw those. Oh my god! I... I've never heard of that brand before. It's just from my local supermarket, but I couldn't not. Yes, Unta Balach. I don't know if they suck, but holy shit, how cool are they? They are super cool. They're literally UFO gummies. Oh, and then here's another one. Oh, a sea creatures. It's a mermaid one. Aw, you know me so well. The ocean and UFOs. I know. I was like, what else could she possibly want other than some smashed Kinder Surprise eh? Which I just found a third one. (laughs) I just uncovered another one that's shoved in the corner and desecrated. (laughs) I got another green car. I have two green cars. You can sell one on eBay for like 49 cents, I'm sure. Oh, there's more smashed Kinder. (laughs) It's all over a book that I haven't gotten to look at yet. (laughs) Oh no, I'm so sorry. I hope it's not dead. I hope it didn't murder everything else in the box. No, I mean, it didn't melt. It's frozen here. Ooh, last dinner on the Titanic. Menus and recipes from the Great Liner. Oh, is this a Titanic cookbook? It is. Yeah, no, I saw that, and they it's it looks like it's out of print now. So it's a used book, unfortunately. But you know me so well. I thought it would be super cool. I don't know if you'll ever make anything out of it, but I thought it'd be cool even just as a coffee table book to look at. Are you at. fucking kidding me? I'm going to do something out of this tonight. Do you know that Jell- Jello do. was last served on the Titanic? I did. I've seen that like in a Tumblr post before, and I feel so bad for all the people who died having their last meal be Jello. Well, actually, Jello was a sign of class and stature at the time because oh, I understand that wasn't really readily available. So Jello was like the it thing. I totally get that, but they're wrong. They also had ice cream. That part I'm on board with. Anyway, I'm on board with the whole cookbook. That's amazing. Super incredible. Here's another chocolate bar that looks like a cow. Love it. Right on. Oh, there's a shirt in here under the Kinder Eggs. (laughs) 
I'm very excited for you to see the shirt. I haven't gotten to see it yet. I'm getting the chocolate okay. off it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's my size. Yay. Um, Yay. The taste of a lifetime. Fairy snacks, supposedly. <gasps> you had a fairy snack, supposedly, t-shirt made for me? So this is my not-so-subtle way of announcing that we are about to start offering merch. Ah! It's the happiest birthday ever! Smash Kinder Yay! Eggs and a Fairy Snacks tea! <laughs> Which, honestly, like, the whole time I was, like, waiting for that shirt to be on the bottom, and I was like, she doesn't even know how on-brand this is to just have Smash. You're like, these could be from the Fae, and I'm like, you don't even know. I freaking love it. Thank you. I've got to wash it because it's got some chocolate. Oh, no. But, you know, that's just like any anything else I wear. So. Yeah, I mean, it's fine, right? Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. And it looks like a cookie fairy snack, supposedly. Oh. Yeah, I'm so glad you like it. I worked really hard on designing that, so I'm glad you like it. It's beautiful. I'm going to send you one more picture of my Kinder Egg okay. box just because it's hilarious, <laughs> and I freaking love it. We're going to have to put these up. Um, I'll, I'll put these up actually tomorrow as a teaser <laughs> to celebrate your birthday on your birthday. <laughs> and just be like, this is who we are as people. Oh, God. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, y'all. This is really something. I just want you to know. That I expect while you're living in Germany, I really want you to ship me more Kinder Eggs just to see how they come next time. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ship them in an egg in carton, carton next yeah. time. I would pay then, you like, to ship me more German Kinder Eggs because these poor Oh, I things, didn't arrange that. I'm still, I'm still going to eat the chocolate out of the box, which I don't know if that's okay, but I mean, it's Corona. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, we're in a pandemic and I'm going to eat smashed box chocolate that's been from Germany to here, but I don't care. You'll be fine. It's my birthday. <laughs> Yay. But no, happy birthday. I'm glad you like all your stuff. I demand to know what you end up making out of the Titanic cookbook. Oh, I could probably tell you right now. Let me just look through it real quick. Oh, but I want to know like how it is. Oh, you know what? When you're in town next time, we'll do a whole dinner party. Yes. I, It'll be like 2027, but yes. I will cook. We'll do a Titanic-themed dinner party. I already have a Titanic dress that I wore for Halloween one year. I'll put my Titanic coal out as the centerpiece. We'll have everybody dress up and come over, and I'll cook this big, elaborate Titanic meal. And then we can I go stand in the snow. No, I'm good. <laughs> Not so much for that part. The box chocolate does taste a little off. <laughs> To be fair, Kinder Eggs are not my favorite chocolate. They're they're much more a novelty item, in my opinion. Ah, thank you so much. I love it. You're welcome. Love it. Happy love it, birthday. Love it. Um, we also have some big news. We do. This is going to be a long episode, y'all. Sorry, but not sorry. Sorry, Suck not it sorry. Up. It's our show. You're gonna freaking love. Yeah. This. <laughs> yes, I know what's coming, and I'm so excited. So, if you guys have been following along, you are well aware that Christy in my home contains a ghost by the name of Jim. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Christian Roper was talking to me the other day, and he kind of convinced me I should look into it. He goes, hey, have you ever, like, looked out and tried to figure out who Jim is? And I said, no, because I don't know if that'd really escalate activity, and we have good boundaries set. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Why not? I actually have a really good talent for being able to find people, um, mm-hmm. whether it be through genealogy or whether it be through, you know, someone who's still living. So decided to give that a shot. 
And guys, I 100% verified that there was a man who lived at this house before us who passed in the year 2000, whose name was James, but went by the name of Jim. And it gets better. I did a lot of this through, um, you know, public searches of the home's address. And I got to be careful here because I don't want to give away his last name because his family is very much still living. Um, But uh, I started looking and I'm like, okay, well, he passed in 2000. That's kind of lines up because Christy moved in here in 2010 and has been experiencing things ever since she moved in here. So the fact that he had already passed aligned with that. Then I look at his age range and um, how old he was when he passed. And once again, Christy and I have always said he's like 65, 70 years old, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we've discussed that on previous episodes. You can go back and verify that if you want, that he has very much grandpa energy. Yeah. Sure enough, that lined up perfectly. So I start thinking, I bet I can find this guy's obituary, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I never found the obituary, but I did find a news report of a cold case because he had been killed in a hit and run. Yeah. Yeah. So after he moved out of this house, uh, he moved into another residence and then a, a, another one with his family. And on his morning walk, he was struck and killed. So sad. Yeah. Um, but we did verify that, in fact, our ghost is definitely named Jim. And he did exist. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and that also kind of explains why he hasn't been around all the time. Right. You know? He's still got family he's checking on. I think still one of my favorite pieces that we discovered is that he was a twin. He was. He was a twin. So, yeah, Rue did some genealogy research on Ancestry after I revealed this information to her, which was kind of funny how that went down, too, because she sent me a picture of a Furby made out of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> and the night before, I had, like sent her pictures and played out step by step my investigation and I was waiting all morning for her to say, Oh my god, you found Jim and what do I get? I get a Furby with spaghetti. So I <laughs> I would like to point out I really struggle with sleep. Um my my sleep hygiene as a doctor would say is garbo. Um that is the technical medical term, garbo. <laughs> but no, so I will literally in order to fall asleep at night I make myself stay awake until my eyes hurt, and then I fall asleep immediately. And so I'd been doing that, and we had been talking that night, and I guess I'd had my messenger window open and just, like, kerplunked my phone down on my chest and was gone, like, on it and frozen. And so I think it stayed open, and so it was like, you've technically seen these messages, because I didn't have any notifications from you. And I was like, haha, here's a Furby made of SpaghettiOs, Jesse, like that. And you were like, how dare you? And I was like, why are you mad at me? And I checked, and I was like, oh my god. I'm like, did you read anything I sent you? This is huge. (laughs) Nope, sure haven't, Furby SpaghettiOs. (laughs) And I gotta also just, like, kind of take a little jab at Christian here, because he planted this idea in my mind, and then right before I made the discovery that Jim had been hit by a car and was murdered and the cold case was still open, uh, he was nowhere to be found. So he just planted that seed and then just, like, poofed out, and then I'm like, oh my god, Mm. oh my god, oh my god. I had nobody to talk to about it. I started talking to Christy immediately. Yeah, I felt bad because I didn't discover it until like the afternoon, which I suppose is good because that was when you were about to wake up in the States. It would have sucked if I found out about it when it was like 3 a.m. your time and you'd be like, um, I'm sleeping now. You missed your chance. <laughs> so Jim has been verified 100% yep. to have lived here. Um, we he even is... have a picture of him. We do have a picture of him that we're not going to post because obviously for privacy reasons. 
but no, it does. It does check out. The one hundred percent. I think. I think it looks like the not necessarily like what I imagined, but it definitely looks like everything that you've described. He looks like a dude who would putter around his house and fix stuff and be mad that you left the stove on. Like, without giving too much information, we discovered that like he was a laborer for a lot of his life. He worked a lot of manual jobs. That, you know, it would make sense that he was like, this is my house. Why are you messing with the water outside? Why are you leaving the oven on? Like, all that stuff seems very on brand for this guy. And he just has that grandpa checking in energy and always has. He does. Yeah. So uh, this, um, at the end of this month, I've decided we're going to do a full-on paranormal investigation in the house, which I know, I know what you guys are thinking. Why has it taken you this long? Um, no, hold on. (laughs) I would like to talk to Hello, it's sure. just you and me. Jesse's gone right now. It's just us. Um, if you're thinking that I'm still here, you've never no, you're not. Bye. <laughs> if you're thinking that you've never lived in a haunted house, because I I would go investigate Jesse's house, no problem. But if she was like, "All right, your turn. Let's see what the thing in your basement is," I'd be like, "Nope, not no, but hell no." Like you don't shit where you eat with ghosts, and so even you can be the biggest paranormal you. Like, you could be Ed and Lorraine Warren and still be like, cool, but my house is my house. Yeah, so what's kept me from doing it is the fact that I feel like we're in a really good balance right now. We've got Mm -hmm. great boundaries with Jim. There have been a couple other entities that have popped in, and we kind of do a clearing when that happens. We have not cleared since our, our, I don't know, it's been a couple months, so it's probably time to do it again. But we're going to go ahead and do an investigation with EVPs. I will definitely ask him if he saw the car and all that. Oh, my Um, gosh. It's going to be... It's going to be something. I don't know. Maybe we won't get anything because I I haven't felt him around in the past couple days. Yeah. So, but... I don't know. Like, set an appointment with him. You know, on your little, like, fridge calendar. Just be like, gym appointment, 10 p.m. on Friday. You know, that's not... Just so he knows that he needs to be there. It's not a bad idea, actually. (laughs) Yeah, just be like, let me schedule this conference call with Jim. Be like, excuse me, other side, hello, I have an appointment. Maybe I'll set up the Alexa to do a reminder throughout the house while I'm not at home a couple times, just to, like, give him the heads up, maybe he'll hear it. Jim, your housemates are looking for you. (laughs) If you could report to the basement at 9 (laughs) p.m. for an investigation and interview sesh, we'd love to talk to you. Oh, okay, but what if, like, you end up being home during one of them, and she's like, Jim, your housemates are ready for you, and then it's like, dot, 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 sorry, I didn't quite catch that. <laughs> like, would you not shit your I'd pants? I'd probably be in the car texting you. <laughs> You'd be like, well, coming to Germany. Yeah, moving out. <laughs> I know it's illegal because COVID, but I need to get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. No, but to make the story even crazier, so Rue's sister turns out to live not far from where the family lives now. Literally, so her mom, who has lived in the same house for most of her life, um, she literally, like, mapped it out. Because, of course, I sent it to my sister. And this is all public record. I mean, we're not going to share it for for this man's family's privacy sake but it is something that's all very public record um there's nothing that we've done that's like paywalled or and so you can see the other properties that he owned and his family owned and they are literally like each of them is a block away like there's a block to the left my sister's house and then a block to the right and like here's the thing part of me is a person that if my grandparent was haunting a place 
I kind of want to know about it, but at the same time, it's not like we can go to this family and be like, hey, I know your dad. Oh, well, my dad died 23 years ago. Uh, yeah, I know. He's in yeah. my basement. Like, <laughs> that's not going to play yeah. out well. So, But this yeah. is my public record that when I die, if someone moves into a home that I am haunting, please tell everybody. Oh, yeah. Just tweet it. Tell Jesse, tell my husband, tell every single person that I am the ghost because I, I would so want them to Same know. Same thing. I mean, Rue and I even went as far as to, like, track these people's Facebooks down and look at all the Facebook posts and see if they had mentioned anything paranormal so we could be like, hey, maybe, but yeah, yeah it's 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 probably wouldn't go down well unless we solve his it's murder. It's a tender subject. Yeah. Which obviously Which is the we're next hoping step. to do. <laughs> I mean, at that point, the podcast is probably over, and we just turn into, like, Marishka Hargate, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, the podcast was fun, but, like, now I'm a cold case solver, so I'm making the big I talk to ghosts, and I solve their unsolved murders. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so if anybody wants to make a reality uh, show where Rue and I go around talking to ghosts and trying to solve their cold cases, I'm just saying maybe we're on to something. I like it. I We need to... What would we call it? Uh... Ghost Doe. Um, um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I thought you meant like Pillsbury Doughboy. Um, but yeah, D O E yeah. works. Or like um, um, Afterlife Cold uh, Case. Okay, we'll we'll shop it. We'll we'll oh. figure it out and let you guys know. Well, they already have the case that haunts me, but I feel like that'd be better used for us. Yeah. I don't know, but we'll talk to Jim. We'll see what we find. I'll definitely share my findings. If I have any EVPs, you will. You guys will hear all that. So. Love it. Yep, yep, yep. So that's what's new with me. Yeah. Birthday present and Jim has been verified to have existed and exists still. I feel like that was your birthday present that Jim exists. I couldn't sleep that entire night, Rue. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So how about you? How are you doing? I'm good. Our lockdown just got extended again. Okay. Well. We are status quo until the 3rd of March now. So, yep. Never leaving my house. I'm tired because I took someone's mom to the airport today, Aww. which was three hours away. And so I woke up at 1 a.m. this morning. <laughs> so I'm in prime form. I did take a nap, but it's been a long day. But I was thinking of you um, <clears throat> because at about 7 a.m. when I was on my way home, I was starting to get a little sleepy. And I'd been driving all through the night into the morning. And I was like, man... You know, I was listening to some funny podcasts, trying to kind of keep my brain engaged, stay awake. That wasn't really doing it for me. I was like, all right, I got to stay up. And that's when Mother Monster came out to play. Me and Gaga had a really good road trip session earlier. And I, I thought of you the whole time. I was like, Jesse would hate this as I'm like bopping and putting my claws up. Look, I didn't hate it. I tolerated it for nine hours. <laughs> And I feel like I should be sainted for that, honestly. Uh, but it, it did amuse me because I was like, wow, this is literally like Jesse's uh, least favorite thing to do. And I'm loving every minute. And Darnell called me because he was heading into work and he was just kind of checking to see where I was. And I was like, you interrupted Gaga. And he was like, oh, you're going to have to tell Jesse about that one. So look, it's not that I don't like Lady Gaga. I think Lady Gaga is great. I, I like even a song here in there like one or two you know but it's just in quantity okay well and i will say they were not edm mixes they were oh. the album cuts so Man. that probably helped but okay thank you for thinking of me <laughs> i i always think of you i always think of you too hey 
I don't send smashed Kinder eggs to just anybody, Jess. You're special to me. I feel like if Rue was going to egg my house, she'd show up with Kinder eggs and just smash them all over the front porch. <laughs> oh my God. You, just, you just hear chocolate cracking in the little toy capsule just banging against your house. <laughs> oh, God. That, uh... I feel like if you do it in the summer when it's super hot, it's problematic because then it'd be melty. I mean, thank God it's just frozen out. Otherwise, the Kinder Eggs would have melted all over the shirt and the book. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a different... I didn't think that they would uh, die that... I thought maybe they'd get, like, squished. I didn't think that they would open themselves and then blast <laughs> themselves apart in a small <laughs> nuclear explosion. Oh, man. All right. Well, okay. should we tell some stories now? Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm sh- okay. If people are still around after that, we should reward them with our stories. Probably. Hey, y'all. Sorry to interrupt. Rue here. I just wanted to let you all know about something absolutely incredible that happened. So between when we recorded this episode and when we're putting it out, it supposedly got its first fan art. How cool is that? So we just wanted to hype Erin up and say thank you so much for sharing your art. And you can find that on the social media pages. And if you have any art that you'd like to share with us, we would absolutely love to see it. You don't know how much this made our day. So, Erin, thank you so much. And back to the show. I believe you're up first this week. I am up first this week. And the fun is just going to continue. I have been doing some pretty heavy hitters that are big sad lately. And so I just wanted to kind of get out of that headspace and do something a little bit more lighthearted and exciting. And I actually followed through because I feel like we've said that before. And then we're like, cool, here's a dozen people who got viciously murdered. It's like, (laughs) that was my lighthearted thing I brought. But no, this one is actually pretty chill. In keeping with supposedly tradition, where one of us is going to pick you up, the other one of us is going to just crush your heart. So yeah, in there for that. Me and Jesse were messaging, and I was like, so what are you doing this week? And she was like, oh, it's going to be real bad. And I was like, cool, <laughs> let me go first and have fun. All right. So, Jesse, there is something strange in the neighborhood, and I'm not sure who I should call. Do you have any ideas? Ghostbusters! Yes, you should call the Ghostbusters. Today, I am covering the lore and inspiration behind the beloved film Ghostbusters. I, okay, yeah, let's do this. Okay, I was like, "Are you are you frozen? Do you no, hate no, me?" I'm, just, I'm I'm singing the song in my head on repeat. Oh, now. okay, okay. <laughs> uh, the the original or the Fall Out Boy version for the 2016 remake because they are both bangers and were also on my road trip rotation today. Um, I'm gonna need you to send me the Fall Out Boy version, but no, it was the traditional. Oh, one. you haven't heard that one? It, no, you I will heard that one. listen to nothing but that for the rest of your life. It's it's a lot of fun. Okay. I have heard Panic at the Disco's DuckTales, and that's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not sing on the podcast. We're going to lose all of our listeners. If we haven't lost them already from the cult sing-along we did. I was having very, very bad flashbacks to that night. Um, All right. So in 1984, Ghostbusters came out and changed nerddom forever. Oh my god, this is so weird because my story takes place right around that same time. We did it again. Oh no. Okay, yeah, that go is on. Scary. And so Ghostbusters introduced audiences to slime, crossing the stream, and proton packs. 
and we're going to unpack all of those proton packs tonight on Supposedly. I really hate myself for saying that, but I couldn't stop once I started. <laughs> <laughs> on a scale from one to Kinder Egg, how unpacked are they going to be? <laughs> Nothing could be that unpacked. All right, so you've seen Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Who hasn't seen Ghostbusters? Well, you hadn't seen Blair Witch, so I feel like I have to ask. I feel like I've seen Blair Witch, and that's enough. Uh, Okay. But, so, just a kind of refresher if you haven't seen it in a while. The film follows three parapsychologists, and they end up losing their funding from the university that they work at. And they decide that they need to make money in a new way, and in a very millennial fashion, turn into a side hustle enterprise, and go bust some ghosts. Ghostbusters. That was very like operatic. I, you put some some body behind that. If you only saw the dance that with went went with it, <laughs> I can only imagine it was glorious. It's a lot of shoulder movements. Certainly. So in Ghostbusters, we have six different ghostly classifications for hauntings. Let's hear them. So class one ghosts are hard to see, and they manifest as lights, voices, and sounds, as well as ectoplasm, and can be dispatched with a quick blast from the proton pack. Pew! Pew! Class two ghosts are able to manipulate the world around them, like floating objects. These beings are still pretty easy to get rid of with the proton pack, but they can counterattack, so you gotta be careful. They're tricksy. Mm -hmm. They're tricksy. They are. Class 3 ghosts have a distinct human form and personality, but cannot be identified as a living person. These ghosts are harder to get rid of. Okay. Class 4 ghosts can be identified as who they were when they were alive. These ghosts can be exterminated by researching who they were in life. So I'd like to point out, up until like last week, Jim would have been considered a Class 3 haunting, but this week he got elevated to a Class 4. I just feel like somewhere in this house, Jim is shaking his head and he's like, how did it come to me being measured on a Ghostbuster scale? (laughs) Again, if I were deceased and I was haunting something, I would be like, hey, guys, I'm a class four, by the way, just so you know. Sweet. So class five ghosts are non-human ectoplasmic manifestations. Speculation includes the theory that class fives are formed from emotionally charged events or are summoned. So they're kind of more our our baddies. And Slimer is actually the first class five haunting we run into in the Ghostbusters anthology. And similar to Slimer, these guys require a heavy proton pack action to be contained. So that's when everyone's it's all hands on deck. We got to get this ghost in his, in his trap. And then um, we've got our class six, which is non-human entities that require creative busting by researching their habits and behaviors. In canon is at one point they are haunted by a large penguin and have to do penguin research to get rid of this penguin ghost. I think that sounds like Christie's dream haunting. She's all about <laughs> penguins, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that she'd want to bust it then. I think she'd just want to leave no, it. No, she'd keep yeah. it. And then finally, we've got class seven. I think I said there were only six classes earlier. Class seven ghosts are metaspectors. These are the powerful, malevolent dudes often categorized as demons and are potentially extremely dangerous. So that's going to be our Gozer and Zool. Um, These entities are super hard to get rid of, and your best bet is to just not let them manifest in the first place. Seven classes! I love the interludes that are... It it feels very, um, like, full house, almost, where it's like a transition to a new scene. Because I'm not really sure they're legal, so... Oh, they're legal because what we're doing sounds nothing like the original source material. 
Thanks. Ray Parker Jr. would be like, wait, that's my song. No, we're both guilty. <laughs> also, we got away with singing The Sound of Music, which is still in copyright for like 20 more years. And they'd no. be like, no, that's not our song. It's fine. We did the cult version of that. We did the Heaven's Gate version. But the cult version still uses the sheet music from the original. It just bastardizes it. Not the way we did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, same with the Ghostbusters theme. Uh, All right. So when trying to get their ghost busting business off the ground, the guys move into an old firehouse, which is still like a dream of mine. I think between Ghostbusters and Princess Diaries, I had aspirations to live in a firehouse. I mean, who wouldn't? Mia Thermopolis Rinaldi, princess of Genovia, had a really cool place. She did! Like, yes. And honestly, like, as as a young person, I wanted to be Mia. Honestly, I wanted to be her best friend, Lily, because Lily was a badass. Um, the older I get, the more I want to be her mom, though. Her mom was like, let's just throw darts at paint balloons. And I'm like, yeah, same. Like, if you could see my studio right now, you would understand how big same that energy is i feel like i relate to mia's mom so much more just because okay so she like she married this prince guy that didn't Mm -hmm. work out single mom raises her daughter she does all this art in the living room she's just kind of living her life until she starts dating mia's teacher yep i don't know i just she she had cool energy i'm all about she did she did thermopolis i hope that if i am a princess diary pokemon that you know my my first evolution was mia now i'm mom and i hope my final evolution is is the queen of genovia yes absolutely although i will point out in the book grandmere was a completely different character than we are seeing in the disney version of the princess diaries she was actually a more severe woman withdrawn on eyebrows and was a very harsh lady so I recently heard that, because I haven't read the books, but someone pointed out that Anne Hathaway has been in two film adaptations that are significantly better than their original books. Prin- uh, Princess Diaries, but also The Devil Wears Prada, which is one of my favorite movies. I read the book this year, and I was not a fan. You know what? I liked the Princess Diaries novels. I thought they okay. were really good. So I, I I wouldn't say they were better than the movie, but I'd say they'd... They were. It's one of the few movie series that I believe is on par. I love okay. Julie Andrews in it. We oh, all yeah. know if I could get drunk with one person, it would probably be Julie Andrews. Goals. She does an amazing song with Raven Simone in the Princess Diaries mm-hmm. 2, Royal Engagement. Sorry, I'm yeah. probably like outing myself as a huge nut here. But... Oh no, I, I already knew all those things, and I was like, <laughs> "Yep, same." We're there's a reason that we are the friends we are. Some girls are fair. Some are yes. Julie. Some have a well-grown hair or a well-held wit. Each one's a two. Julie Andrews' voice is one of the greatest losses of, like, the last millennia. After she got, I think she had vocal polyps or something. No. And she lost that ability to, that's why her voice is in such a lower register in that film. Because um, she used to be able to, like, break glass and sing the, the cult song original version. The OG Heaven's Gate song. Oh, God. The original Gate. I feel like if I'm ever in a room with Julie Andrews, that's going to come up. I'm going to be like, so how do you feel about the Heaven's Gate version? <laughs> and then she's going to be like, oh, dear, what exactly are you speaking of? And you're going to sing it for her. And she's going to be like, please leave. I'm calling security. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julie, man. I love you. All right. Uh, so back to okay. Ghostbusters. That was a fun little detour. All right, so they moved into the firehouse like Mia and her mom. And then they get their famous Ecto-1 car. Which I wanted to drive so badly, and I still would do anything to have this vehicle. 
Is that um, like the one myth, like uh, fictional vehicle you'd like? If you could have one fictional vehicle. Uh, well, okay. So we all know that my aspiration is I'm going to convert a Jeep when we get back to the States into a Jurassic Park Jeep. So that's probably my, my cream of the crop. But yeah, man, if I could have the Ecto, that would probably be, that'd probably be it for me. What's your dream fantasy car? Batmobile. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Although I'm very clumsy and I like to push buttons, so that would be a disaster <laughs> for the entire city and probably myself too, but I'd, I'd have fun with it before I got just sued. Like, You'd try and, like, turn on your, like, rear windshield wiper and accidentally push, like, the eject button that turns it into the the motorcycle in Dark Knight. <laughs> and you'd be like, no, not again. I'm going to turn up Panic at the Disco. Oh, <laughs> no. I just harpooned a car. That's Whoops. not going to be good. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so the Ecto is, is probably second for me after the uh, Jurassic Park mobile. But it's even cooler because... The Ecto, before they turned it into their Ghostbusters car, started out its life as a combination car. Do you know about combination cars? Is that like when someone decides they're going to take pieces from a bunch of different cars and can join them into one working vehicle? Kind of like what they would call um, a rat? No. Okay. It is a combination hearse and ambulance that was used until about the 70s. I was way off. Okay. Yeah. So these vehicles were actually real. There were a couple different models of them. Um, the Ecto in particular is a 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor. And these combination cars had complete dual functionality. So they had lights on top and interior lights that could be programmed to either lead funeral profe- processions or to act as emergency responder lights. So they could be like the yellow blinking lights that lead the funeral processions, or they could be like your ambulance lights and they also had sirens super cool but that practice ended in the united states in the early 70s because people were like hey um maybe the standards for vehicles that we put living people in is needs to be a little different than what we put dead people in i don't know i think it's pretty efficient someone dies on the table in the back of the car right you're already there i get it though i I see the difference yeah it's a little morbid but that's what we do here so the particular 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor, unfortunately, I'll probably never get to drive it because there are only 25 of these cars ever made. What if I told you I might know a guy? I mean, I'm sure that you know a guy. I'm sure he also doesn't want me to have his vehicle. I think he probably paid a lot more money than I will ever see in my life for it. But if you like wanted to sit in a car seat? I mean, I'm, I'm here for that. But uh, I, might, I might know a guy. I got a guy okay. for everything. You you really do. You are my my multi-purpose. Uh, you, you just have so many skills. You're like, I can get you a goat. I can get you a <laughs> bloody head. I can get you I'm like whatever a walking you want. black market of just weird <laughs> things that I've had to like accumulate for different shoots that I do. You're like, like oh, a, you, you want a llama? I got a llama guy. <laughs> you're like a, a black market that's also like those guys who would wear trench coats that had like watches inside. <laughs> You can just open up. You're like, hey, kid, you need a llama? I got a llama. (laughs) Um, You want rare cars? I got a rare car, guys. (laughs) So Sony actually owns two of these vehicles, and they've been both customized into the car from the movie. So somewhere there are between 22 and 23 of these beautiful beasts still floating and waiting to meet me. I mean, 
I just offered and you were like, eh, maybe, so. Okay. I, I know, but I don't okay. know if I want to be right. teased. Okay. You know, All I right. don't want it for one night only. I want to get in a committed relationship with my ecto. So, if I was going to give you a gift, would you prefer mm-hmm. a camel dance or a ride in that car? Uh, can I be greedy and ask for a ride to the camel dance in that car? <sighs> Fine, but it's going to okay. require multiple calls. <laughs> you know what? I was so generous, and I sent you not one, not two, but three brutally <laughs> desecrated Kinder Eggs. I You're think right. I deserve You're a camel right. car dance, okay? Thanks. All right. Yeah, I, I'll work on that. <laughs> Get back to the States. <laughs> All right, so that was their car. And as for their equipment, I'm only going to talk about some of the biggies because according to the fandom wiki, there are over 408 articles for their equipment, and nobody got time for that. Yeah, that's, I mean, we're already over time on this podcast, as is. <laughs> Yo, the <laughs> Ghostbusters wiki goes deep. I was oh, I like, bet. okay, guys, like, that's, they know more about that than I think most people know about, like, real science. Oh, side note, they do have an amazing yeah. documentary. I believe it's on Netflix about Ghostbusters and the movie franchise and the fans. I think I've seen part of that. It's really good. Okay. Uh, so first we're going to talk about the probably most known Ghostbusters tech, the Proton Pack. Love it. So this is probably one of the first things that come to mind when you think of Ghostbusters. These are those big leaf blower looking devices that pretty much every kid has had in cardboard form for some Halloween costume at some point in their lives. I haven't, but I want to. Let's go as Ghostbusters this year. No, I want to go as Zach Baggins, and then I want everyone else in the group to dress in black and us stick little outlines of um, green glow sticks to make the little apparition men they see. And just, like, weirdly wobble dance and be like, oh, my God. And we're going to, like, weirdly wobble dance, and then we're going to have someone dressed as Zach Baggins that's going to be like, oh, I think I see an anomaly. Do you remember? That's my plan. Do you remember in our Christmas episode when I accused you of starting a cult when you made your Furbies look at each other and meet Morp at each other? You know what? You're the second person this week to bring up that I should be a cult leader or have accused me of starting a cult. Yeah, that's that's because you need to do some some self-inquisition and look inside and see what makes people say that. Because you saying... It really makes me... You saying, I want to dress up as the leader and have everyone dance around me in glow sticks doesn't okay, not... Okay, go sound. back and... When you're editing this podcast, go back and listen, because never once did I say, I want to dress up like Zach Baggins. I said, I want someone to dress up like oh, Zach Baggins, I... and then the rest of us dressed in black. I really thought you said you wanted to. Okay. Because, you know. No, I kind of want to be the apparition guy. Okay. All right. It's cheaper. Uh, I just want to make someone dress up as Aaron. Who's willing to? My husband is already bald. Let's just make Darnell be Aaron. Is Darnell going to be Aaron? Okay, cool. Yeah. Who's our and... Baggins? Can we make Drew be Zach Baggins? <laughs> I love it. And he'll just be really mean to Darnell all night. He'll just be like, go get me a drink of punch. I'm very thirsty. And Darnell will be like, I'm scared. It. I don't want to. He'll be like, go now. Guys, this is the best Halloween ever. And it's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> yeah. So please stop going out and doing stuff so COVID will go away so we can have our Halloween party dreams come true. Yeah. And don't steal our costume idea either. Yeah. Buttheads. All right, so the Proton Packs were designed by Egon and Stance in the film, and the idea behind this technology was that the packs 
countered the negative energy that ghosts are said to be made of in the Ghostbusters canon. So by firing these positively charged beams at these negative entities, it would kind of neutralize them so that the ghosts could be harnessed and then lowered into these traps. Yeah. Yeah. So as we all know, don't cross the streams. That line was actually improvised and they pretty much made up on the spot the lore that if you did, it would create something powerful enough to kill all living beings on Earth. So, Dude, I love when actors improvise and it really adds to the storyline. Right? In a positive way. That's a lot of what Ghostbusters is, honestly. So once you've got these ghosts kind of neutralized, you can use a trap. And these are devices that can hold the ghosts until they can be disposed of in the containment grid under the firehouse where they're all living at. And so to catch these ghosts, there were three phases. Zap them, weaken the ghosts with the proton streams. Cap them, capture them by activating the capture streams. And then trap them, lock them in the traps. (laughs) Zap them, cap them, trap them. Hey, do you know where I can get nine small quail eggs? No. Okay. Why is that a thing that we're talking about right now? Because you gave me a Titanic book and I can't help but not touch it while I'm listening to this fascinating story. All right. No, I don't know where to get... I'm planning my Halloween Titanic Zach Baggins apparition party that we're going to (laughs) have. It's going to be Zach Baggins investigating the ghosts of the Titanic, and it's a theme party now, just so you're up to date. I'm going to need you to, like, write some notes, because that's a lot for me to mentally keep track of. Dude, I don't even know how I'm going to phrase it on the invitation. (laughs) Come to my party, dot, 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 dot. You can dress like a ghost from the Titanic, or Zach Baggins or an apparition. Your call. What if I want to dress as Zach Baggins on the Titanic, who is an apparition? Then that's just going to get way too confusing. It's got to be one or the other. All right, fine. Okay, so next up we've got the PKE, or the Psychokinetic Energy Meter. And this is that crossbow-shaped device with all the lights that allowed Spangler to locate ghosts and was instrumental in detecting spirit or demonic activity. And actually, the idea behind how this device works is pretty similar to the real-life electromagnetic field detectors that we use in actual paranormal investigations. Wow. Yeah. All right, so next up, you know that in the movie they are constantly referring back to Tobin's Spirit Guide. And this is a book that's kind of like their encyclopedia. And they reference it all the time, and it helps them figure out who Gozer is and... Basically, every five minutes, they're like, oh, yeah, Tobin Spirit Guide. While the book is made up, there was a real Tobin Spirit Guide written as essentially a Ghostbusters coffee table book. So you could add it next to your Titanic book, essentially. Um, I don't know that I'm ever going to, like, add that to the Titanic book. Because the Titanic book deserves a place of honor within the kitchen. Oh, well. So while Tobin's Guide isn't real, there is a book that is. A History of Ghosts, The True Story of Seances, Mediums, Ghosts, and Ghostbusters, written by Angela Narth and Samuel Peter Aykroyd, who is none other than Dan's father. So a fascination with the paranormal is not new to the Aykroyd line. The family home, which has been inhabited by the Aykroyds since it was built in 1860 up in Canada, has a seance room, which was used by his great-grandfather, who was a well-known spiritualist of the time, who even corresponded with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle 
who wrote Sherlock Holmes and had a famous relationship with Harry Houdini due to spiritualist beliefs. God, isn't genealogy so cool? Right? And it was in this seance room that Dan Aykroyd conceived the idea for the Ghostbusters film. Love it. Love it. So Dan has had multiple encounters with the afterlife, recalling one his mother told him happened when he was just a baby. He said, quote, My mother speaks about a time when she was nursing me, and an old couple came to the end of the bed. The image faded away. She pulled out an album and saw that it was my great-grandfather and his wife coming to approve the new child. Wow. Okay, so a little yeah. familiar checkup. Yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Well, almost gym action, kind of. Just okay, granddad. Yeah, just kind of checking next- in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, And then for a while, he lived in a home in California that belonged to Mama Cass of the Mamas and the Papas. Well, that's supposed to be a super haunted house also. Yeah, and he said that it was, and he believed actually that it was haunted by her, stating, A ghost certainly haunts my house. It once even crawled into bed with me. The ghost also turns on the Stairmaster and moves jewelry across the dresser. I'm sure it's Mama Cass because you've got the feeling it's a big ghost. Is he being a little body negative there? I, I don't know that it's negative. If it's... Or like the presence is big. I, I Yeah, I think, you know, Mama Cass was a larger woman. And I think maybe it's just that you can feel kind of where the energy is at. Maybe feels like someone who would have a similar shape. Okay. Okay. So ghosts aren't Dan's only interest, though. He actually belongs to MUFON. Do you know what that is? No, but it's... No. Okay. So it's the Mutual UFO Network. Oh my god, yes I do, because I think we talked about it in okay. the, the Barney and Benny Hill. We do mention them. Yeah, I thought I thought we did. Um, And so he's actually a member of this organization, and he believes that aliens are already living on Earth, but that they don't want anything to do with us because of how violent of a species we are. Fair. Agreed. <laughs> And actually part of why he believes this is um, because he referenced two orbs which were seen over New Jersey during the attack on the Twin Towers on 9-11 that were broadcast only once on CNN. So apparently some people think that the aliens were kind of checking out what was going on that day. Interesting. Okay. I hadn't heard that before, but I I trust Dan Aykroyd. Me neither. Where do we find that footage? I don't know. I'm going to spelunk for that because that would be interesting to see. And so he said, can you imagine what was going through their advanced minds when they saw what happened on 9-11? These humans crashing our highest evolution in aviation into our highest evolution in architecture and metallurgy, like little kids wrecking toys in a sandbox. They are disgusted with us, and rightly so, because we are a depraved, disgusting species. I mean, I, I would agree with the, the thought process of humans being terrible. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Hello, I am trash. <laughs> So he's taken his beliefs as far as to make a documentary in 2005 called Dan Aykroyd Unplugged on UFOs. You think we could get him on, supposedly? Oh my god, can you imagine how dope that would be? Dan, are you listening? Let me work on it. Hello, Dan. <laughs> Tweet me. Let's see what we can do. At Supposedly Pod. <laughs> it's probably a very long shot, but you never know. You know. I love being told no. So you can find his documentary on YouTube. I didn't have a chance to watch it. But it's all available there. I just, I don't know that that would be the name I would have picked, maybe. What's the name of the documentary? Dan Aykroyd Unplugged on UFOs. Yeah, that's not the best. Not Sorry, the best. Dan. So Dan says that he has seen four UFOs, but he, even he will claim that he's not sure if they were actual extraterrestrials or if it was just a military mission that he didn't know about. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, that is technically a UFO is an unidentified flying object. So. Yeah. But it's nice to hear that even someone who's so invested in the, the belief of life on other planets or extraterrestrials isn't like, oh, I saw it. So it's definitely a thing. He's like, eh, I saw yeah. something weird. Yeah. I always like seeing people who are really gung ho about it still be skeptics. For sure. So Dan Aykroyd doesn't think of himself as being particularly gifted with the ability to see the dead, but he says that he gets dream visitations from friends who've passed and often feels Ooh, me too. his best friend John Belushi, who died in 1982 of an overdose, around him. Aww. Yeah, so his, his buddy's still hanging out with him. And actually... Uh, John Belushi was a huge part of Ghostbusters. So originally the role of Vankman played by Bill Murray was written with John Belushi in mind. And the two of them were conceptualizing the project together before his sudden death. So John Belushi was kind of co-creating this project with him. It's so sad. I know. It's really a a heartbreaking loss. Um, And Dan still kind of left some elements of his best friend in the film, even though he couldn't be there in the flesh. He does show up in the film as a ghost. Oh, I love that. Slimer, the the ghost in the hotel that we first encounter, was based on Belushi's character in Animal House. So he's just eating and throwing stuff and causing a mess and being horrible. And he's like, yep, that's my bestie right there. You know what? If I die too soon and you make a movie, will you please put a ghost me in it? Oh, yeah. 100%. I would do the same for you. Yeah. 100%. Okay, yeah. good. This podcast is a legally binding contract. I mean, we've used this one before. So. Yep, and we'll do it again, <laughs> damn it. Um, so while he's never called Slimer in the film, this Class 5 ghost is known for splattering ectoplasm around, which is where he kind of gets that nickname. And so while most of the stuff in Ghostbusters isn't necessarily what we'd call real, ectoplasm is. And it was frequently seen in seances of the spiritualist era as kind of an opaque goo that would emanate from the orifices of mediums and would grow as their connection to the afterlife did. Some people used to use Alka-Seltzer tabs and have them in their mouth and just smash them. And, like, some people would use, like, weird wet gauze and there's all sorts. If you look into, like, fake-out seances, there's all sorts of weird stuff that happened. The whole spiritualism movement had a lot of ectoplasm. (laughs) A lot of ectoplasm. It's not a favorite of mine. But actually, uh, Grandpa Aykroyd's buddy... Oh, bless you. I sneezed my headphones off. Sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll give you a second to get your life together. It's together-ish. Okay. Okay. Um, Which is about my standard, so... Mine as well. Uh, So, Grandpa Aykroyd's buddy, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, said of ectoplasm, it is a viscous, gelatinous substance which appeared to differ from every known form of matter in that it could solidify and be used for material purposes. And ectoplasm is seen throughout the Ghostbusters movie as an indicator that there are ghosts afoot, and Spangler is very much interested in studying samples of the material. Okay. So, we all know, there is no Dana, but there's also no Zool. The Sumerian people were real and did exist thousands of years ago, and we owe actually a lot of modern civilization to their discoveries and innovations, but they didn't believe in any Zools or Gozer, unfortunately. They followed a pantheistic belief structure, so it would fit in for them to have gods and demigods as seen in the movie, but luckily for us citizens of Earth, it doesn't seem that these antagonists are going to be coming to get us anytime soon. All that to say, Zool does exist. Ooh, tell me more about that. So in 2014, in the Judith River Formation of Montana, while excavating a Gorgosaurus, 
maybe? A surprising discovery was made. An almost complete and mostly intact ankylosaur, dated to about 76 million years ago, in 2017, it was announced that this was actually a new species. I love new species of dinosaurs. It makes me so excited. And due to its appearance that shared some common ground with the demon dog, David Evans and Victoria Arbor, the researchers who discovered it, named this species Zool Kruravaster, which translates basically into destroyer of shins. <laughs> Because it was so low to the ground, but it had this huge club tail that it would just bash into bigger dinosaurs and topple them over. You know what? I should name the coffee table here that. I hate our coffee table here. It, I, I'm going to get like a blood clot in my leg from how many times I bang myself on the corner of that thing. <laughs> Based on like the artistic renderings of what this fella might have looked like when he was alive, I gotta say, him pretty cute and spiky. I want to pet. You want to pet a cute and spiky? Yeah, I want to pet cute and spiky bony friend. Aww. So at the end of the film, after saving the city, Stance tells Tully that he was just a part of, quote, the biggest interdimensional cross-rip since the Tunguska Blast of 1909. And this was a real event that took place. So the real Tunguska event took place in Podkamenia Tunguska River in the Yeniseisk govern it russia see this is me trying to speak russian again on the morning of june 30th 1908 and it was an explosion that destroyed 80 million trees in about 830 square miles of the siberian forest so it's said that this was caused by an airburst um caused by a meteoroid of about 330 feet heading towards the earth and it's assumed that the space rock exploded before impacting the earth's surface but because of the effects on the earth the event is still classified as an impact event the estimated shock wave from the airburst was likely comparable to a 5.0 event on the richter scale and it's said that an explosion this intense would actually be strong enough to destroy a major metropolitan city so the ghostbusters weren't far off this was the biggest event since the tunguska blast And finally, I'm going to leave it on a weird note, just because I'm me. So one of the scenes in the film that I think we can all agree didn't age particularly well is the weird ghost sex scene with Stance, where we see a ghost hovering over him in his bed and then his zipper being opened by something invisible. While this is cringy in the film, the idea of having sex with specters is nothing new. Between historical run-ins with succubi and incubi and more modern accounts, The fetish for partners in the afterlife is called spectrophilia and is the topic of discussion on the Travel Channel's Ghostly Lovers. And even Kesha says she's had a ghostly fling on the Ryan Seacrest show. She said, it's about experiences with the supernatural, but in a sexy way. I had a couple of experiences with the supernatural. I don't know his name. He was a ghost. I'm very into it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. First of all, so much to unpack here. Uh, one, I'm going to need the name of that Travel Channel show again, because I'm going to be DVRing that. Ghostly Lovers. Like crazy now. The second thing, I do have to wonder about when Kesha's talking about having sex with a ghost and all that. Mm -hmm. I want to know exactly when she said that, because she was under a very bad management at the time who Mm -hmm. did want to discredit her because she was being sexually abused. And I think that that's one thing you could say to try to... You could, you know, if you were managing someone and you wanted them to come off as uncredible, um, yes, um, you I w- might sell to them, hey, this will be a cool publicity stunt if you said this. 
I will also say um, Lucy Liu said that she had had a ghostly relationship, and I believe Anna Nicole Smith also said she had a ghostly relationship. And I didn't write it down, but there was a woman who fell so hard for her ghostly lover that she decided that they were going to be engaged. Apparently, he proposed to her. Um, But then after a couple years, she broke off the engagement because he'd fallen in with some bad spirits. Are we going to talk about the girl that married the pirate ghost for a second? Because there there was a woman that fell in love with a pirate ghost that she said his name was Jack and that he inspired Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And then, so she marries him and then they end up getting divorced because uh, he was stealing her energy. Men, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> She's not the first gal who cited stealing my energy as a grounds for divorce. You know what? I don't want a ghost lover. I've been ghosted enough. (laughs) Like, yeah. But yeah, so I thought that that was uh, an interesting little tidbit. But that is the story of the the behind the scenes of Ghostbusters. All right. Well, thank you for the Ghostbusters nifty nostalgia. You are welcome. Now make us sad. (sighs) Well, if there's one thing I can do, it is bum you out. So buckle up. Because here we go. All right. Today I'm going to tell you about the Jane Doe known as Baby Jane or as Delta Dawn. Okay. Okay. So the year is 1982, not 1984, when the Ghostbusters came out. True. And it's December in Mississippi. Witnesses traveling the westbound lane of I-10 over the Pascagoula River saw a woman walking down the interstate holding a small child. Now, the child wasn't wearing a coat or shoes on, which is a little strange for December in Mississippi. So a couple people took note. Mm. In fact, some drivers and even a few truckers offer to help the woman, but she refuses. It's said she's wearing a plaid shirt and blue jeans, which is honestly what I kind of wear in winter anytime I produce an infomercial. So same, yeah. girl, same. Yeah. So in the early morning hours of December 5th, a 911 call comes in from a trucker in the same area. The man claims to have seen the body of a woman wearing a plaid shirt and blue jeans floating down the river that ran underneath the interstate. Hmm. So police take down the report and immediately dispatch deputies to search the area for any reported sightings. To their surprise, they find something that they didn't expect when searching for this woman's body. In the brush under the Pascagoula River, which at the time was referred to as the Dog River, Deputies discovered the body of a toddler believed to be between 18 months and 2 years of age. She's a white female with strawberry blonde hair that stands 2 feet 5 inches tall and was about 25 pounds at the time of her death. Her eyes are believed to have been either brown or blue at the time, and she had 12 baby teeth. She also appeared to have been pretty well cared for. She wore a disposable diaper and a pink and white checkered cradle tog dress. Okay. Yeah. So, just like... A pink and pink and white checkered dress, mm-hmm. little girl, toddler, unfortunately found. Yeah. So at the time, she also appeared to have been deceased for at least a day and a half or two days' time. And an autopsy later reveals that she hadn't eaten in a few days, even though she had been extremely well cared for. Mm-hmm. Further autopsy findings indicated that she had been smothered and she had some water in her lungs. So when you hear that someone's been smothered and also has water in their lungs, this kind of led the investigators to believe that someone had attempted to smother her and then threw her over the bridge into the river before she had fully passed, causing her to drown. So at the time, it's hypothesized the pair were probably a mother and daughter, Mm -hmm. right? But this mother's body is still missing. Okay. Some people thought that maybe perhaps the woman had killed her daughter for an unknown reason. But upon reading this in multiple articles, I already have some problems with this whole situation. Yeah. First of all, 
It's one thing to say they're a mother and a daughter, but the mother's body hasn't been found, and even if it has, she's dead too, so why are we immediately thinking that she caused her daughter's death? Exactly. That's just blatant victim blaming. Yeah, I I mean, it could be a murder-suicide. It could, but you don't even have a body to compare that to. You're just making a decision that you know what it is. Yeah, but you do have reports that there was a woman that matches this description in the area from multiple drivers who had tried to help her. And then you have, you know, the report by the truck driver that says that he had seen her body. Right. So, you know, already I'm thinking maybe it's a third party that did this. Yeah, for sure. Even though, let's keep in mind, her body, the mother's body, is not found at this point in time. So, three days later, while searching the area for more clues about the girl's identity, another body is discovered about 60 yards away. Hmm. This body was that of a black man whose decomposition was so far along that he had been completely skeletonized. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, because it, it... while he really has nothing to do with the case other than this, mm-hmm. he is still an unknown John Doe. And wow. it, I would feel remiss not to get his his information out there a little yeah. bit. So he's believed to be between 18 and 22 years of age, mm-hmm. about 5 foot 6, and in between 122 and 170 pounds. It's really hard for them to tell because, like I mentioned before, he's been dead quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a head injury on his head that would have left a scar, and he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. He's believed to be dead when they find him between six months and two years. Wow. And the wound that killed him is said to be a gunshot wound. It's believed that he was also thrown off the bridge, but neither him nor his killer have been identified or found. Wow. Okay. Once again, he's definitely not involved in the Delta Dawn case beyond that, as he had most likely been killed before she was even born. But it's interesting nonetheless. And It kind of gives you an idea what the area is too if we're just like a dumping ground right so i'd probably avoid that bridge because it seems like a pretty common dumping ground and yeah just saying but back to our baby jane doe so a woman by the name of lynn russ who was following the case pretty closely at the time gave the little girl the nickname delta dawn and she named her this due to the time of day that her body was discovered and after Mm -hmm. the popular song at the time deputy virgil moore and his wife decide that they would be remiss not to claim the young girl's remains to ensure that she was given a proper burial. Mm -hmm. This case deeply touched him, as it did most of the police force that were working on it. And when deciding on a tombstone, his wife, Mrs. Moore, whose name I couldn't find, once again, thanks for not naming the ladies. Right. Why do you do that? We know why they do it. But she felt like it was a disservice to the young girl to engrave Jane Doe on the stone, and instead opted for the name Baby Jane instead. Okay. So this case is often referred to the Baby Jane murder or Delta Dawn. Mm-hmm. Her husband, Virgil Moore, organizes a funeral that was held at Bethel Church in which 200 members of the public attend. Following the service, she was laid to rest in Jackson County Memorial Park. So since 1982, very few clues have been uncovered in the death of this little girl, and mostly due to technology issues at the time. Mm-hmm. And like I stated before, law enforcement have been operating under the assumption that Delta Dawn had been killed by her mother, which was a pretty strong-held belief in them at that time. Mm -hmm. They believed that she had been the woman in the plaid shirt, but oddly enough, her body has never been recovered, which makes things all the stranger, and has led to the theories that maybe the truck driver who had reported to have seen the woman's body may even be involved in the case. I mean, I think we see that a lot more than we realize. Yeah, you see, the truck driver's story has reportedly changed a lot over the years. But as this is an ongoing investigation, exactly what has changed within the story hasn't been released, other than the fact 
that it has changed. Okay. When looking into this a little deeper, I did find two different articles, years and years apart, that report different stories as to what exactly he reported having seen that night. One mm. says that um, he reported seeing a woman's body wearing plaid and blue jeans, while another reports that he heard a baby crying in addition to seeing this. This source even included audio from the 911 call to back it up. Wow. Now, we don't really know why this has been omitted by most sources out there, but once again, it's an ongoing case and investigation, so it's very possible that it wasn't intentionally released by investigators. Mm -hmm. So investigators decide to try to track down this body of the woman, but once again, they yield no results, and they can't find any familiar relationships that were uncovered during this initial investigation into Delta Dawn's killing. But in 2007, another memorial was held for this little girl at the same church. Law enforcement officials were really hoping that this would keep the case alive in the public's memory and yeah. potentially even yield some new results. But unfortunately, this was also to no avail. In 2008, they decided to recover some DNA from Delta Dawn. Okay. Had that ever been done before? I mean, it's 2008, so yes. No, I meant, like, in her case. Like, that was the first time that they... No. Okay. In her case, this is the first time they uh, they get DNA from okay. her. So DNA really kind of kicked off in the 90s, but it wasn't available due to high cost and everything. Right. Um, for just every case. Yeah. It wasn't until early 2000s and later 2000s where a DNA test became a lot more reasonably priced and easier to do on cold cases as, as well. Yeah. Uh, so in 2008, they obtained this DNA from her. And not long after, a Kentucky woman contacts police. See, she's convinced that Delta Dawn was her sister. Oh. And she claims that her sister was last seen when her father put the little girl into the trunk of his car and never seen again. Oh my god, okay. With new DNA having freshly been obtained from Delta Dawn, a DNA test was conducted and unfortunately ruled out this theory. Mm. And I say unfortunately, but... I would think that'd be unfortunate for the woman who thought this was her sister because she's desperately seeking that closure. Right, she still doesn't have answers yeah. for that, I'm assuming. On one hand, this other little girl could still be alive, which is a great thing, but yeah. we just don't know. Um, and unfortunately, there have been no updates on the woman's missing sister since. Mm. A few other individuals came forward in hopes that Delta Dawn was their own missing family member, only to receive the same news of not being a DNA match. Wow. Okay, as Rue will attest, I've wanted to cover this case for a while. You have, since like Christmas almost. I know, and there's a reason for that. And that's because there is a huge outpouring of attention that this case has received by Reddit armchair sleuths. Uh, I love some Reddit sleuths. And when I wanted to cover it in December, some new new things had just come out and were being known. But I wanted to wait until we had some confirmation on some of these things okay. before I covered the story. So that's why it's kind of gotten pushed back. Gotcha. So... Some of these armchair Reddit sleuths have speculated that Delta Dawn and her mother could have been fleeing an abusive relationship and were killed by the mother's partner. They state that it's very likely that her and her mother were not reported missing in that area at that time due to, you know, it being at the hands of the their partner. potential lover yeah. and father. Yeah. Another theory they came up with was that they were either runaways or immigrants, someone that wouldn't have a lot of documentation. Okay. Some even believe that Delta Dawn wasn't killed by her mother, but instead that her mother jumped with her off of the bridge to escape a motorist in pursuit of them. Oh. And then, of course, there are the theories that, you know, they could even be serial killer victims, although there isn't a lot to really back that up. Okay. I was gonna say that seems like an odd MO. Well, you know, everybody always wants to jump to serial killers, and, you know, it's possible, but yeah. the truth of the matter is there weren't a lot of similar cases in the area at the time that would match up. On October 7th, 2020, uh, the Reddit user 
Ange334 noticed that okay. Delta Dawn's NamUs profile had been removed from the site along with her picture. Now, NamUs is kind of like um, an online database of open cases, um, okay. very much where you would see case details and missing persons pictures of unidentified okay. children and adults. Okay. So excitement starts building pretty rapidly in the Reddit community. And some users made mention that this could mean that baby Jane had finally been identified after all these years. Wow. So we're going to flash forward to December 4th, 2020, right when I was wanting to cover this yep. case, by the way. Um, this is when some news starts coming out that I wanted to wait and kind of see where it went and push this case to the background. Okay. Because a press conference is released that day with information that Delta Dawn and her mother had been identified after 38 years. Really? Yes. She had been confirmed to be 18-month-old Alicia Ann Heinrich, and her mother has also been identified to be Gwendolyn May Clemens Heinrich, who was 23 years of age and is from Joplin, Missouri. Hmm. Gwendolyn had left her family residence with her boyfriend at the time, and Alicia in tow, on Thanksgiving in 1982. She had told her family that she was planning on starting a new life in Florida, but hasn't been heard from them since. Her last known contact was, in fact, with someone on November 24th, 1982. Wow. Her body has not been found. Oh my gosh. Sheriff's investigator Hope Thornton. I'm going to give a huge shout out to this lady because she really spearheaded finding out who these, yeah. this Jane Doe was. So you go, girl. I love yeah. love women in law enforcement. Yep. Finding answers. She's credited for working nonstop on the case to help reach some resolution for all of those affected by the killing. But the real break in the case comes when her sheriff's office got the information they needed to identify the child and her mother with the aid of the Authram Inc., a Houston-based company specializing in state-of-the-art DNA technology. And I want to talk a little bit about this because this is one of my killer interests right now. Okay. And that's where DNA meets genealogy and how mm -hmm. you can locate living relatives of deceased people. Yes. So using online databases of DNA, they were able to determine the baby's lineage through extensive DNA testing, and were able to track down her familial lines until they found a child's aunt. Wow. Other relatives, which ultimately helped Jackson County investigators, really solve the case. So, unfortunately, the case and the whereabouts of Gwendolyn remain completely unsolved. Though mm -hmm. her boyfriend is really said to be a huge suspect in the case at this time, I couldn't find much information about his name or any information beyond that. Once yeah. again, this is a reminder, this is an ongoing investigation, and we just now found their identities in December. We're in February now, so I, I expect it's going to be a little bit longer before we know more, but it's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm just so impressed with the use of DNA and genealogy combined, the kind right. of answers that can be revealed it just fascinates me every single time and i oh, love yeah. seeing it being implemented in cold cases you know when the 90s when dna came out i'm sure anyone who had murdered someone was like oh crap that's not good yeah and then the next step beyond that is not only do we have dna now we have dna databases of you know familial right. connections you know you look at 23 and me you look at ancestry yeah um these are all you know databases that that investigators can utilize and with the right kind of attention to each of these cases, they can be solved now. And I just think that's, that's an amazing thing. Oh yeah. I, I know that like for some people that makes them wary to use those kind of databases, but I'm like, bro, if you can help give families answers, why would you not? Right. Absolutely. Like I know no one wants to find out their uncle's a serial killer, but like, oh my goodness, if you can help 
put some of these cases to bed. You know, we we talk so often on these unsolved mysteries or cold cases or whatever the case may be. And it's so frustrating to not have answers that I love that you've covered a case that has been cold for, I mean, since 1982 that just got solved like two months ago. That's crazy. Well, back in December, I was doing notes on this before they even officially announced that her identity had been uncovered. Oh, really? Yes. I had my notes pretty much written out in December. Oh, dude. And then this press conference happened and I was like, well, I'm just going to put that on the back burner for a couple months because let's see if, you know, what if they solve it? I don't want to do a follow up like two episodes later. Let's just do it right. Um, but nothing's come out since, so here's your heads up, and who knows, I really hope that I will now get to do a follow-up saying that the person that murdered yeah. them is, is in custody. Heck yeah, that would be, that would be great. Um, if you have any information on Gwendolyn, once again, I would urge you to contact the proper authorities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sweet. Good job. That was... That was tough. Yeah, I do want to give a, a shout out now that we're I've given the heartbreaking stuff here. Uh, Rue and I are going to be guests on the Taco the Town podcast with Dave Keith coming up this week. Yep. We are very much excited for that. Going to eat some good tacos and talk some spooky stuff. So basically, it's just our everyday. Okay, like I love tacos. I love, love, love tacos. Oh, yeah. Tacos could be my love language, even though I know we've said <laughs> Chipotle is. And Dave Keith has the ends of this city he knows the best tacos Uh, at the best places we're going to review some tacos we're going to talk about taco reviews we're going to recount our top favorite stories that we've done on supposedly and uh we will be sharing that on social media but in the meantime i highly would suggest hop on over to taco the town hit that subscribe button so you can hear the episode when it comes out absolutely um, and so fingers crossed, I can make everything work correctly on, I, I've become an amateur web designer in the last couple months. Uh, but hopefully here in the next week, you'll be able to get your very own snacks from the Fae or supposedly t-shirt. There's some, uh, other merch we've got rocking and rolling that I'm excited to release. So head over to supposedlypod.com and get your very own t-shirt. And then we can be twinning. Twinning. Yeah. Um, also, if you have any stories that you would like us to cover, we would love to hear them. Maybe you have a personal experience with a ghostly encounter. Maybe you've got more information about Jim. I don't know. But regardless, hit us up at supposedlypod at gmail.com for any of those inquiries or just to say hi. You can also go to supposedlypod.com and we have a great form to fill out there if you'd like us to cover your experience on Supposedly. And uh, if you want to see a picture of a very smashed Kinder Surprise egg, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SupposedlyPod. And thanks again for joining us this week on Supposedly. Supposedly.